Um, should again, we talk about the Pornhub Awards? We should talk about the Pornhub Awards. We should talk about the Pornhub Awards. Hello everyone, I'm SX Noir and this is The Thought Leader Podcast. With industry thought leaders, this podcast aims to demystify and destigmatize topics in sex, culture, and technology. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. The opinions expressed by the guests of Thought Leader Podcast are their own. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everyone. I know y'all have more energy than after me. Come on. Okay, so we're here. I'm SX Noir, your amazing host. And tonight we have burlesque rules, okay? So you know what that means? It means when you hear something you like, you cheer, you snap, you clap, you give um, amazing flowers to our guests, okay? Awesome. (laughs) So tonight I am joined by the Joanna Angel. I'm a buster, yes. I'm gonna have them introduce themselves and then we're gonna get into it. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm Joanna Angel. Um, well, uh, I guess I'm known as a, uh, a adult film star. Um, I'm a best-selling author. Um, <clears throat> I was formerly, for a very long time, um, a director and producer. I started the company Burning Angel, better known as BurningAngel.com. I started in 2002 in New York City, actually. Then I got suckered into Los Angeles and I went there to, um, I don't know, take over the world or something. And then I got really tired of that. I sold my company in 2019 um, and I decided I wanted to move back to New York because I have it here. And now I work in the marketing department at Liquid Death from sex to water. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Sex is what. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I guess that's my bio. It's hard to follow Joanna Angel. (laughs) My name is Norma Buster. I'm the director of client relations at CA Goldberg, which is a victim's rights law firm in Brooklyn. Thank you. We uh, (laughs) fight for victims of sexual assault, stalking, sextortion, and other tech-facilitated abuse. I'm in this work because I was a survivor um, and went through this when I was 19, and that's kind of what brought me to where I am today. I found my lawyer, who's now my boss, Carrie Goldberg, Um, and now I host the Oral Arguments podcast. Um, I told you, I bring it every time. You know that. You know I bring it every time. And these are some true thought leaders that we have on the stage today. So I want to just give you all a little bit of a trigger warning. Um, tonight is going to be a very intense conversation, but keep it cute, keep it lively, keep it fun. But we're going to be talking about topics about sexual assault, um, anti-Semitic comments. We're going to be talking about a lot. And so I just want you all to feel encouraged to take a break if you need it, take some space if you need it. We have uh, some amazing rooms and, oh, oh my God, all my friends are here. Um, I'm so happy. Um, and we have some amazing space uh, for you guys to just kind of walk around, look at the art, look at, we have some coloring books in the front, a Jenga, um, because I can never offer a safe space. I can't guarantee that, but I can offer a safer space. But if something comes up, it comes up, and feel free to take a break today, okay? Cool. No judgment here. No judgment zone. So, Joanna, did you have something to say? Oh, no. That's really amazing. Okay. I, I, I've never been here before. I think this is really beautiful. Oh, hell yeah. 
I just keep it hot. Yeah. Keep it thoughtful. And that there, there's not really a community like this in Los Angeles. So it's just like a really nice moment. We're just really good to be back here. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be really honest with you guys. I'm so nervous for this conversation. And the reason I'm nervous, and I know, I know you guys are like, what are you nervous about? I'm gonna make it very lighthearted because I've got yeah. funny stories about coming. Okay, good, 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 good. Because I'm just nervous because, you know, yeah. it brings up a lot of intense emotions for people. <laughs> Um, these topics, and I think that I have the best crowd here ever to to talk about it. Yeah. But it's serious. It's serious. So here's how we're going to start. I'm going to give you a little bit of a timeline um, to give you some context of like where we're starting from with this conversation about Kanye West. Um, and it's important to understand while we're listening to this that. We are not having this conversation to shit on someone, to say fuck you to someone. We are using um, this conversation as a catalyst to navigate much more difficult, um, taboo, stigmatized topics, okay? So always be thoughtful in my space. You hear me, everybody? Okay, great. So um, let's fucking get into it. So as a cultural icon, we can't dismiss the influence. Kanye has had with 32 million followers on Twitter alone, well, formerly 32 million followers. Uh, this all starts in October during Paris Fashion Week with shirts that say White Lives Matter, followed by his Twitter ban due to claiming that Diddy was controlled by Jewish people. This is the beginning of his anti-Semitic tweets. Days later, Ye shares anti-Semitic conspiracy theories with Fox News host Tucker Carlson and later on social media threatened violence against Jews. Late October is when major brands Adidas stepped away from Kanye and their affiliation, causing him to lose a staggering $1.5 billion deal. In November, Adidas says they will launch a navigation on basically the report that Kanye West was playing porn for his staff members and showing inappropriate photos of his ex-wife. In December, Kanye confessed his admiration for, um, God, sometimes I hate even saying these words, it's so intense, uh, but Hitler and the Nazis during an interview with Alex Jones. Um, hard right, 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 I'm like, that was, that was like the best one. Hitler and Nazis. <laughs> Hitler and Nazis. Um, and so this led to him being um, removed from, from Twitter, that he was inciting violence. And this is another high profile Twitter account that was brought back when Elon Musk bought Twitter. So today, you know, I want to get into how the hell did this happen? What does this mean to us? And also, I think it's important to bring difficult conversations with community when we can talk to each other, feel each other's energy around political, religious, and social issues. So. First and foremost, let's get to you, Joanna. Let's get to the tea. Let's get to the hotness, okay, of this conversation. As a Jewish sex worker, I want to know, how do you feel about Kanye and his comments, and what's your personal relationship with Kanye? <laughs> I know, she's not used to me. I'm so serious. Ask everyone, I am such a serious she, girl. She gets straight to it. No, no, I'm glad. Yeah. Don't play. We could talk about this forever. Um, okay, so, I mean, like, personally, um uh as a jewish sex worker like hearing kanye say absolutely like absurd nazi shit i mean i i think kanye have, has always been insane um i've always thought of him as like like somebody who should actually be like institutionalized um i mean i even remember when he was like announced that he was going to run for president like i literally remember watching tv and being like is he okay? Like, like nothing okay? he says okay? makes any sense, you know? So I wasn't really like offended personally. 
Um, however, he did just make a whole bunch of um, anti-Semitic people come out of the woodwork, um, which was, you know, pretty uh, strange and alarming. Um, he caused a lot of like uncomfortable, just controversy. Um, but look, did he affect my day-to-day -day life? Um, no. Did he affect um, anything? Uh, no. Um, uh, like, like, did he affect the day-to-day -day life of the porn industry or my right. personal content? Like, no. Um, I actually think beyond the um, anti-Semitic uh, comments and racist comments, um, <laughs> what, I, what I remember finding, like, most... Um, uh, it wasn't, you know, triggering, just like, 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 I want to punch you in the face, like, fuck up, was when he said, oh, porn is so bad, like, like, you're watching someone's daughter, like, it just made me so mad, it's like, is, is a woman just always someone's daughter, like, does she ever <laughs> just stand on her own, like, would you say that about a guy in porn, is that just someone's son, or just like, I always get really mad just as a woman in the sex industry. And I understand some women um, did not love the sex industry the way I have. You know, some it's not for everyone. It's it's entertainment. You know, entertainment's not for everyone. I mean, this is, it's a job that's uh, competitive where you're, everything you do is like out in the open. You're going to be antagonized. You know, there's there's a lot of... There's a lot of things about being um, a public figure that a lot of people can't handle. I mean, look what happens to a lot of celebrities in general. But for some reason, when it's porn, um, people just look at it differently. But, you know, anyway, it, it's it, but it, as a woman, it always bothers me um, when you just hear men talk about women like we're these like porcelain dolls that belong on a shelf, you know, right. like we're these like innocent figures that are, you know, and we should always be seen as these innocent, dainty things through the lens of a man. Um, and that's always just like infuriating. Um, yeah, sometimes it seems like to, to be, never go away. We you like know? to get ran through. We like to have gangbangs. We like to have fun. Yeah, I, and I don't, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's and I've gone on, you know, for a long time where it just seems like every man wants to have like a very nice wife that they don't have sex with and then cheat on them with like a woman they want to, you know, it's like, I've even talked to male friends of mine who I know have been, um, you know, unfaithful. I'm like, why are you just like marry someone you want to fuck? You know, like why, why is it like, that's just so common with this it's a, uh, like stigma. Madonna horror complex. I, I don't, I don't get it. And I feel like it, it's just, um, I don't know, but I know yeah. that goes into another um, conversation, but yeah, he's sexist. He's, you know, racist against his own race he's anti-semitic um, but you know sometimes i don't know like does he just really want um attention um, yeah but you know, you know what i what i found interesting of what you were saying earlier is this complete 180 you know we can't yes. have this conversation without yeah without talking about it without yeah mentioning that you know right, was kanye gonna, was yeah. oh yes. yeah 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 that kanye no, was, we're all we're gonna definitely get to it because we're gonna get yeah. to norman here in a second yeah. around um, how Kanye West hosted the first ever porn horn <laughs> Well, designed a dress for he you. Well, yeah, it was um, a very strange situation. I can I can talk about it. Okay, we'll get, to it. we'll get into it later. Norma Bastien. Oh, Norma. I love Norma. Norma's an amazing uh, partner in crime, co-or, I don't know what our word is. The closest thing I get to a little... <laughs> 
I'll be like, bye. Kind of my life. Yeah, so Noma, um, tell us who you are and tell us why you're here. Yeah, so as I said, I'm the Director of Client Relations at CA Goldberg. One of the big things that we do is do big tech. Um, so we, we're aiming for accountability, whether it's like an ex who's stalking you or putting your naked pictures on the internet or a big tech company. And as I said, I, I am a survivor. So when I was 19 years old, I was stalked by an ex-boyfriend. He put my naked pictures on the internet. That's how I found Carrie Goldberg, who's my boss, was my lawyer. Um, and so talking about this conversation, you know, I, in my day-to-day -day work, I meet with, with people who are going through these kinds of crimes, who are being stalked or have been assaulted or some other tech facilitated abuse. Um, because when I talk about the online stuff, it's like we don't really divide the offline and the online because online leads to real life consequences. Um, so we really have that like niche expertise there and our attorneys are really skilled in like the tech area. Um, but talking about this conversation, you know, one of the things that I've kind of noticed in talking to people, it's like people are not necessarily scared of what Kanye is going to do, right, when he threatens violence. We're more scared of what the fucking lunatic who is at home and really has these hateful beliefs or maybe, ha maybe has never been exposed to other people, but is prone to maybe believing these hateful things. Um, and then they see that. That's how mass shootings happen. Like we see it in every mass shooting that they've been influenced by social media. And so at our firm, we believe that, and we have some litigation right now up against some big tech companies, but we believe that these tech companies hold some, they share the responsibility for the harms that they cause. Um, and I don't know if you want me to get into big tech stuff right now. Oh, side note, I was actually frightened the other day, just, I, I don't, I mean, I've always been very entertained and always just, I don't know, admired and liked Kim Kardashian. I know not everybody feels the same way. Um, but just the other day I was watching like an interview with her and she was crying about the situation and her children and just millions of comments saying like, what a fucking fake, I side with Kanye. Like, and it went from like just bitchy, like mean things, she's ugly, she's getting old, blah, 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 which had nothing to do with the interview at all to like downright frightening comments. Like, I hope she gets murdered. Like someone should take her kids away. Like insane comments. And I'm just like, you know, I'm sure Kim Kardashian has an entire team that monitors her social media and can't even keep up. Like these are the, just the comments that people are seeing. Like imagine what we're not seeing, you know? Um, and I, I mean, it's it's um, like the fact that people are just okay with saying this, yeah. and just the fact the that misogyny is very real, right? Life. As opposed yeah. to like her, her, you know, people and her people who might be on Kim's side or whatever, they're not going on Kanye's page being like, "I hope you they die," can't. you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, but you know what I mean? It's like. His followers and fan, and like, just like she said, like he's inciting like very nasty, scary things, you know, with his fans and his followers, you know, and like, are any of them going to do anything? I don't know. But like, these are really like, like, 
you know, they like Instagram or Meta or whatever you want to call it, like get so scared of, you know, porn stars like posting a nipple or something like like reading people, you know, comment openly um, about wishing harm around like a very public figure, I, I think is really frightening. Um, I mean, I, I know she'll like. She has people taking care of her, and like she doesn't need my help. I mean, but you know, but it's scary. scary. Yeah, I mean, she was uh, she was almost killed before, you know. Just but the fact that people are just openly saying this now, and Kanye's like, yeah, you know, just excited. People excited. We can't, you know, dismiss the disassociation that social media introduces to humanity. Yeah, and this detachment, exactly, this detachment from empathy that we see we see complete apathy when it comes to people online and so it's not the people in this room per se the people having this conversation but it's the isolated person in missouri where i'm from even if they can't actually take that anger out on physically kim kardashian in prison they might take it out on another one on their girlfriend yeah or their girlfriend or whatever or the one who rejects them right yeah but it's like those feelings are getting riled up so you know, something I want to talk about in this conversation is we can't avoid the tweet. This is the tweet that I Instagrammed, if you guys follow me. The tweet about Kanye's um, claim that pornography has, his porn addiction has ruined his family, has ruined his marriage, and that porn should be removed. Okay, so y'all really think this shit is funny, don't you? I love it. I love my people. They're like, <laughs> It ruined his marriage, it ruined his family, it ruined everything. Um, and Can that say- he, you know, wants to remove all forms of pornography from Twitter. Every every platform pornography is is the product of pedophilia. And that, like you said earlier, it's because his daughter. It's, it's, it's about his daughter and the fact that he has a daughter now. Right. I mean, like I, I mean, I, yeah, I touched on that before, yeah, but that was like... Um, just uh, infuriating and just stupid, you know? Um, I I think, like, at our firm, I've definitely noticed a rise in abusers using sex addiction or porn addiction to excuse their predatory behavior. Oh, yeah. I feel like we always... You see that in Hollywood. Somebody cheats on someone. Oh, we're to sex. Yeah. Like, mm. It's either that to excuse their behavior and say like, yeah, oh, I'm going to sex yeah, I'm going through therapy. And then the other way is to shame people who are more sexually liberated or who are in the sex industry. Um, and sex addiction, porn addiction, it's, it's not in the DSM. It's not actually a mental diagnosis. Yeah. And, you know, and this is facts. And, you know, porn addiction, the, the concept of porn addiction leads to really negative legislation um, that hurts sex workers because of religious fanatics. Um, so we've seen this with legislation like FOSTA-SESTA um, that was passed during the Trump era because religious people were like, porn is really bad and we must save the children and we can't have, exactly, it's always saving the children, it's always children. It's, they always say that so then they place you in a corner where children. if you argue with them, they're like, you don't care about kids. Exactly. Listen, don't we, can, we can protect the children, we can yeah. also protect sex workers. Yeah, yeah. we can. Yeah. And so this like, legislation, you know, basically was an amendment to Section 230 of the internet and the sex workers were the scapegoat for First Amendment rights um, and also increased online surveillance. And so it's really important to understand FOSTA-SESTA, which I'm gonna just um, explain what it is real quick. Um, FOSTA-SESTA includes Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act in the Fight um, Online Sex Trafficking Act. These laws amend Section 230, suspending its protection where online platforms are seen to be promoting prostitution. 
SESTA-FOSTA was supposed to prevent online exploitations of trafficked persons. In effect, these laws have hurt the people they intend to help, pushing sex workers and trafficking victims into more dangerous and exploitive situations. And so when you call for the removal of porn from a platform, you are introducing not only um, pushing people into perhaps in-person work, but you're also navigating um, hurting them financially, hurting them socially. Like this is not something that should be taken lightly. And people need to understand that sex workers are the scapegoats. So if it's happening to them, it will and can happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could sit here and talk about, you know, uh, porn and social media for a long time. It's very <laughs> frustrating and complicated topic that like takes up, um, way too much of my day. I know, since um, since you ended with 2.2 million well, followers. Well, it's very hard. I live in constant, the more followers I have, I live in constant fear that like my page is gonna come out. I mean, yeah. honestly, like I think Instagram, I mean, our followers, I've been in, in the adult industry for a very long time and there was just such a giant, like wonderful shift once Instagram really became a thing because this is what made the world understand like these porn stars have more followers than a lot of celebrities you know and it opened a lot of porn stars up to doing things that you just don't get to do in porn it opened them up to like brand deals you know being able to be on music videos and, and advertisements and you know a lot of like collaborations and stuff i mean i i was first introduced to liquid death like just through social media because i had a lot of followers and i was posting about them so, look, um, it, it's complicated, um, I think, and, and that's like a whole other conversation within itself. Um, what really sucks is like, I get it. Instagram is for, is like an all ages platform. Um, like, yeah, there should, there should be rules and there should be guidelines, but they make the rules really vague. Um, because I've read them like 10,000 times and I think I'm like a relatively smart person and they're so vague and they don't make any sense so it kind of leaves this window open where they could just delete whoever the fuck they want whenever the fuck they want and there's really not much you could do about it and a lot of not just income but like opportunities and I don't know I think I think Instagram has really like gotten a lot of performers to do a lot of things they wanted to do outside of the industry um, that they wouldn't be able to do without it. And and that's not fair. Like Instagram is a place for, you know, people with fans and porn stars have, you know, a lot of fans. And this is, the internet. Yeah. So it just doesn't, it's uh, frightening. Um, but look, you, we don't, we're not posting actual like pornography on Instagram. So that's like a whole um, other issue, Twitter at the moment seems to be a place we still can post um, hardcore porn. Um, like, I mean, it's being yeah. at the mercy of of the tech companies. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I've always been like, just just tell us what we can do and what we can't do, you know, and like just make it clear, and I'll find a way to work within those guidelines. But when the guidelines are very vague, um, and there's no one you can contact, and this takes up a lot of your income, um, that is. Very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to say on Section 230, um, basically, it's this law that's been interpreted in court to give tech companies immunity from liability from the content on its platforms. Mm. Um, and so at our firm, we sue big tech because we believe in the Section 230 reform because every single industry, you can sue them if 
the, a big company as an individual if they cause you harm. You can't do that with the tech industry. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's I, crazy. I, I, it's yeah, it's like hilarious. the only industry except for the arms industry. That's where you can to gun companies. Yeah. <laughs> so these tech companies have unencumbered power. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about Section 230 reform, we have these religious groups, these anti-porn, anti-sex work organizations that put a lot of money into the fight. Um and push for laws that end up throwing sex workers under the bus. So it's like, we do need Section 230 reform, but not in that way. You know, that's not actually helping people. So, I mean, at our firm, we do it through litigation. We believe in protest through litigation. So we are representing individuals who have been harmed and trying to get them money from the companies that have harmed what them. What are um, some of the iconic cases you worked on? Um, you name drop them? Are you allowed to? You're allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you about it right now. Uh, well, one of our, our big cases right now is suing Amazon. Um, what? Okay, and Amazon. this is really heavy, so a uh, trigger warning on suicide, but they were selling suicide kits to people. What? Um, no. Yeah, a chemical that really doesn't need to be sold at for consumers. Um at a, a grade of purity that doesn't need to be sold to consumers. And it was they being were selling sold. That? Yeah. And we have like teenage clients who, who purchased it on Amazon Prime. And then it was suggesting uh, another medication to prevent vomiting because people were also buying that. Um, so, you know, it's the that's what we're talking what about was here. It labeled? The, the like, was it labeled a suicide kit? No, 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 no. Okay. It was just people were finding it right, through right. the internet, and they knew what to buy. And so, it's you know, they would it would be like customers also bought this, and suggesting these different products to go with it. it so uh, you can search for it. It's it's uh, Scott v. Amazon, uh, C. A. Goldberg. Um, there was a New York Times article about it, so you can read about it if you're interested in that. But um, that's what we're talking about here. It's like yeah. real harms that these tech companies are causing. Yeah, you know, and and we're not um, we're not ignorant anymore. We have so much information available to us. And if you want to see about CA Goldberg, please go to sxnlaw.com. It is under Norma's bio. So we gotta get into it. We can't talk about Connie without talking about the anti-Semitic comments. Okay. Um, should Again, we talk about the Pornhub Awards? We should talk about the Pornhub Awards. We should do that at the end. It's nice, lighthearted. Thing. Yeah, that'd be cute. Should we do that for a treat for the... <laughs> let's dump and then we'll lighten up a little bit. Um, so we're going to touch the surface of it. Um, we do We do have someone who is Jewish on our panel. I, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that I am not very well equipped to talk about anti-Semitic comments, but I, I know that we must talk about it and we must approach it because this is part of the reason why um, Kanye has been such um, a cultural influence lately and how he's been inciting things. And so what I just really want to talk about is how um, it's never okay to be anti <laughs> is that okay? Um, and some of these things can be very subtle. So I just want to talk about like, what the hell that even means, and then we'll go into Pornhub. What uh, anti-Semitism? I know what I know what that means. Or like, yeah, I mean, I know what that means. Um, yeah, it was it was strange because uh, you know on my um, like I said, all these like anti-Semitic people were um, 
coming out of the woodwork. Um, Anti-Semitism, it's always been a, like a, look, Jews, um, Jews are known, um, it's, it's embedded in our blood to um, always feel guilty <laughs> about everything. We all have Jewish guilt. And I felt like ever since I was younger, um, I even felt guilty like ever admitting I ever felt any anti-Semitism because I knew growing up, I, I did not suffer the same way black people suffered. I did not suffer the same way Asian, you know, like I could blend if I needed to, you know, so for that reason, I felt bad even kind of ever talking about it or, or really identifying it as a problem. You know, um, I, I grew up in a fairly, you know, privileged neighborhood. Like I, I don't know, you know what I mean? I didn't suffer from a lot of the same things that a lot of people I knew in the black community suffered from, you know, so for that reason, I felt guilty ever even admitting that anti-Semitism existed, which is, you know, the Jewish guilt. <laughs> oh, but I... In some ways, um, you know, it felt um, like a, like, in a bizarre, twisted way, almost nice to have a, like, a moment with other, you know, Jews on the internet being like, yeah, I have suffered from anti-Semitism. Let's just like, let's just like embrace it for a minute. You know, I know that it's not the worst. Um, we're not uh, the the worst treated minority, and I know there are there are I guess privileges that have come along. With, see, I'm guilty just talking about it. Oh, I don't even know yeah. what to say. No, and I, so I guess <laughs> in some ways it was kind of nice to hear other Jews be like, yeah, like I've suffered from this my whole life, and it sucks. And like even laugh about it a little because that's what Jews do with their pain too. Oh um, yeah, and so I, in, in and some I way, you um, yeah. opening up and sharing that because that's a perspective I actually honestly wouldn't have known unless you shared it. <laughs> and I and I do want to acknowledge here to everyone that we are not. Um, I am a black woman, and when you're talking about Kanye, I've been I. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I did play a few Kanye albums while I was getting. I I did because I I just low key yeah. college dropout. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> and with that being said, I want to acknowledge the fact that the cultural element of Kanye West and his music and and the icon that he is is not being represented fully tonight. I just want to acknowledge that in this conversation. Uh, <laughs> I try to be so serious. My guests are like, "Girl, like, if you don't chill out, if you don't relax." <laughs> Um, so let's get into the Pornhub Awards. I'm obsessed. No. I find it fascinating that he, you know, finds... Yeah, that's, that's another thing that uses. was so yeah. weird about this. Is, and yeah. You know, he... I mean, so as far as I know, I can't speak for um, the people at Pornhub because, you know, I don't exactly know how it came to me. But from what I know, um, and from my perspective, basically there was a Pornhub Awards show one year. Um, it was the first time uh, Pornhub was doing that award show. Um, I believe it's the only time they've done it. The other times have been virtual. Anyway, oh, right. That's before the war right. ended. Um, and, um, you know, it's pretty common um, before an award show, you know, you get a dress, you know. <laughs> so um, I knew that I was a presenter, too. Like, um, and, and so I was like, okay, I got to get a really nice dress. So I got this custom latex dress made, blah, blah, blah. And then I go to presenter's practice the day before, uh, maybe was it the day before or two days before? I, I don't know, I can't remember. I think it was the day before the Pornhub Award. Just going to a very average, run-of-the-mill presenter's practice. I presented awards at a lot of the award show. You show up somewhere, everybody goes through it. They tell you where you're gonna walk, where you're gonna go on stage. And so it, we start going through the motions of the show. 
it all seems very normal, and then someone comes out and says, hey, everyone, <laughs> I have an announcement. Um, so they jump on stage. No, I know. They're like, Kanye is going to be making, to going to be designing every all the presenters um, and the host outfits for the show. So, I, I, so I just need to like tell everybody that. And I was like, huh, Kanye West? So like a guy that works at Pornhub whose name is Kanye. Like it was really um, not not something I've ever you know thought I was gonna hear that day, just like the most absurd thing. Um, yeah, it just, it made absolutely no sense. I mean, imagine if you guys were all like sitting here getting ready for an event and suddenly like someone came in and they were like, hey, um, you can't wear what you're wearing because, <laughs> I don't know, because- um, Well, it's interesting because it's like, but, you know, obviously Kanye has a lot of cultural influence, you know, as yeah. mentioned, you know, he, Porn stars were his muses. These, these creative right. muses. That I had. I had heard that he, he was, was going to be mean. there. But he was um, very mean to everyone. Well, okay. Was he mean? I I mean I have been part of not many. I mean I think the like fashion industry like everyone's kind of mean there as it is. Um, so yeah, basically I had a dress made. Everybody had to not wear the dresses they were going to wear. And they were like, yeah, Kanye's going to style us tomorrow. And everybody, you know, a bunch of the girls were really excited. I was confused. He even made, like, special, um, like, limited edition sweatshirts, like, for the winners, I think. You still got it? Uh, no, I didn't win either. Okay, but I remember he made one. Actually, I have one because he made one for Abella Danger, and I, I got one. Like, I actually bought one because no. she's a good friend of mine, and I thought the shirt was cool. And it was, like, PH. Like, it said, like, Pornhub, Kanye, like... Whatever, they were all really awesome, limited edition stuff to get to the winners. Um, I do remember, this doesn't even feel real, like the, so we, I went to, they told us um, we all had to be at a, at a certain place um, at a certain time. And I was like, hey, I was gonna get my makeup done at my house, like it's very common and porn that we all have the makeup artist that we like and she was gonna come to my house, do my makeup, I was gonna put my outfit on, go to the award show, that was out the window. Um, I was like, can I still have my makeup artist do my makeup? And they're like, yeah, she can, but like she has to come here. <laughs> it has to be under the instruction of Kanye. And I tried well, calling my makeup so artist. Yeah. I was like, I was like, hey, so I guess you can't do my makeup art at my house because Kanye has to tell you what to do. And I, she's like, what are you talking about? Is my game cam? Yeah, I know. It's like none of this makes any sense. Whatever. But the next day, I mean, I I got there. I think at like eight in the morning. I mean, Kanye walks in, he did, he said hello. He was like, showed me where the snacks were and stuff like that. Like, he was being nice. He wasn't being mean. Um, what snacks did he eat? What? Do you know what snacks Yeah, you, you know, there was a room with the great, like, piece. really great snacks. I mean, it was like, like, like yeah. Like, like top shelf? Yeah, yeah. There was, there was like little sandwiches. I was going to say, was there like meat? It was like, yeah, there was like everything. Hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, it was like very much like, beyond, <laughs> above and beyond porno craft service. <laughs> You know, definitely Kanye brought the snacks. This was not any of doll. We never get treated like that. Um, but I do remember basically everyone's like, well, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? And um, he just sat in a room coming up with a plan, I guess. Um, and then we all sat there from like 8 in the morning until 4 p.m. And then at 4 p.m. he was like, all right, everybody 
get ready. He just, I don't know, gave very vague, like, like, all right, blah, 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 I don't know, just some very vague instructions. And then everybody had 15 minutes to get ready after sitting around for eight hours. However, I did talk to a lot of people there, and in general, Natasha, you might know, apparently this is pretty common in fashion in general. Mm -hmm. um, so I think he was just kind of doing what's normal in the fashion industry, which I don't think is very normal at all. Um, but, you know, but, you know, I think I, he didn't do anything, like, particularly, you know, bad. But, yeah, I guess all the outfits, like, were, um, like, one girl, he just put shoes on, and she was completely naked, and he was like, oh, this is art. And, like, Hasa, she was the host, and she, she just had, like, a skirt on and no shirt, so she was hosting the show Tuffles, which I think he was like, yeah, it's porn, like, this makes sense, but, like, if you go to any other porn award show, like people are wearing clothes, you know? Like, right. Like, yes. like you know, yeah. Yeah, but I actually remember the girl that was naked. She was like a younger girl in the industry, and she's walking around the show, and there's like some fans there and stuff. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with her walking around naked. Like, I'm a little, you know, whatever. But she was uh, she was having a good time. She felt really excited that her outfit I can't was designed, designed by Kanye. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. was very, like, I will say, which is the ridiculous 180, he was very, even though some of this was absurd, like, he was very particular and passionate about this. Like, I was there, he looked at me, he, like, had somebody put this, you know, make, make this, like, latex dress, he, like, had somebody cut my hair a little bit so it would look, you know, and it looked really good. I mean, my outfit was an outfit, um, so that was pretty cool that I, I yeah so, I, but, um, I think that's he a was, difficult point for some people is that and especially myself growing up on Kanye yeah I like, can't deny like this is part of like the portrayal we're like right. I love his music I love his style I love his fashion yeah um and so it's a really kind of hard pill to chew it was it's strange just like, but I can't deny he what even, you're saying and what you're doing he went on and he hired a Bella who he met at the mm -hmm. awards to do like a campaign in a fashion magazine after that which yeah. really which you know, sick. was an yeah. amazing thing for her career so I don't know he seemed to be very on team porn then and I don't. I don't really know. Um, Speaking of porn, happened, yeah, we have some amazing porn stars in the audience. So feel free to like mix and mingle after this, <laughs> and official or unofficial, um, and find out. So, Sorry, I didn't mean to talk too much. First of all, you you are thought leader. No, you're a thought leader. So don't worry about that. Uh, Norma, any final thoughts before we go to our little break? Yeah, like one quick thing that I think we were talking about earlier that I wanted to make sure that we touched on was yeah. Um, this kind um, of reminded me of like Andrew Tate. Yeah, I was hoping Andrew Tate came up. I was just praying and wishing and hoping. Yeah, so, so, I mean, look, with as far as Kanye, like, no one can deny his talent. Also, an extremely talented person can also do really harmful things and be oh, abusive. Completely. So it's like, all of these things can exist, but speaking of, like, the Andrew Tate thing... Do y'all know who Andrew Tate is? So, okay. so honestly, like, if you can do more, because I only started hearing of him not that long yeah. ago, so yeah. I don't know where he came from. So but, Andrew yeah. Tate is essentially this huge online personality for right. men's rights. Right. For men's rights. So if you can imagine what that means. It's that all... Doesn't really come into my algorithm. No, it does not come into <laughs> I honestly didn't know about him until the TikToker Drew. Do you know Drew? I don't know. I'm fucking yeah. I don't know. Um, TikTok starts talking. Oh, I love TikTok. You guys. No, I, I love TikTok. I don't know TikTokers. 
Oh, okay. I know all the TikToks, all the stuff. I am on TikTok. So, I really am on it. What did you say? Oh, uh, okay. So, our men's rights right activist. I'm gonna behave. I'm gonna behave. He's an MMA fighter, very macho, very masculine guy. Has millions of followers, so I think this is an important point um, for men's rights activists and just has said really kind of crazy off the wall stuff. Yeah, so he's talked a lot about his approaches to dating um, and it's really gone viral, like especially on TikTok uh, over the past year, I would say. It's really like increased a lot. Um, and especially not even just himself on on TikTok, but like people posting videos yeah. of him talking, like on podcasts and stuff. Um, and he's used a lot of really violent, uh, misogynistic language. He's had a lot of homophobic and racist tweets in the past. Like we've all seen these these parts of Andrew Tate and. Just to mention, so how he's how it back into the news today is because yeah um, yeah I know if y'all know you know I think it's it is kind of funny so essentially um, our favorite climate right activist Greta Thunberg um, he tweeted something about her and she tweeted back at him a, a huge clap back and essentially he was arrested because they found out where he was because of a pizza box what was he arrested for what was he arrested for. Trafficking and rape allegations. And so it all kind of comes full circle as to yeah. why this person is a really bad guy. And so what we know about human trafficking and sex trafficking is like, it doesn't usually happen by someone just grabbing a stranger off the street. It usually happens through relationships and like it's a process of manipulation and coercion and control. Um, and so with Andrew Tate in particular, what's harmful about him is he's making, he's talking about how to control women. He literally said he he prefers to date women who are 18, 19, because it's easier to make an imprint. Like, he's not hiding this at all. And so that's his tactic for luring women in into becoming a, in a position where they're being sex trafficked. Um, and that's what he's teaching young men. And so it's not to say that the teenage boys who are seeing his videos are gonna become sex traffickers, but they are witnessing and becoming accustomed to, and it's becoming normalized to them, this dehumanization of women mm -hmm. and anyone who's different than them, different races or you know, different sexual identities, whatever it may be. And so that's what's really harmful here. Hello, you dropped, you fucking dropped that mic. You did that. Let me tell you right now, period. Okay, so. This is, this is the Oprah conversation, okay? So we have to like pan to the camera to let him know we're taking a slight break. Um, we're gonna take a 15 minute break, you guys. Um, and the reason we're gonna do that is to get a drink, mix, mingle, meet some people, talk about things. Um, and also just like, <sighs> deep breath, deep breath from this conversation, right? Okay, so I have some questions from the audience. Um, you guys were all very appropriate and very good, and I appreciate, I really appreciate you all. Okay, so we're gonna keep it short and sweet, okay? So we're gonna answer you all's questions, but please no um, follow-up question after that. If you have a follow-up question, please come and talk to us after, okay? That's my last request, my only request. So let's get into it. But so first, I would love to get into what I think is the most important question. Um, that we've received, and this is from one of my faves, you already know. 
So, uh, <laughs> so the first question is, um, first of all, as someone who suffers from bipolar 2, that mental illness is not an excuse for racism, sexism, etc. My question is, is there an unspoken race class phenomenon where black people gain wealth, they get promoted to white and emulate toxic practices of rich privileged whites? IMO, this is yay. Thoughts? I love you too. But you're black. Yeah, I was like, so I'm gonna. But you black. So I'm gonna have you come up and answer this question because I know you have an answer, which is why you. Is you okay with that? Well, I I don't know if I have a truly answer, but I could elaborate on that. I think I'd love for you to elaborate just a minute. Okay. And yeah, come up this way if you feel comfortable. Sure. And I know you can really elaborate, so I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. I'm more uncomfortable because I'm fully clothed. Oh God. Oh gosh. Well, do you want to? Just kidding. Um, so feel free to elaborate with us and let us know what you're thinking, okay? So, um, to a little elaborate on, I have this odd, to me last year in 2022 was an odd phenomenon where it kind of felt like uh, mainly, I mean, not to segregate sex here, but particularly um, wealthier um, uh, black men who have a lot of influence kind of were like, yeah, there's just been centuries of like rich white men being goddamn awful. We could at least be as equally awful this year as our year between like the Astro World stuff with Travis Scott and that disaster and um, Dave Chappelle and all these sort of, you know, predominant black, which made kind of last year really depressing for me. And so to me, what's happening with Kanye, and I have a lot of opinions, but I'm going to condense this down to this, is that there's this phenomenon where um, that I feel like the African-American community rarely talks about where you'll have someone who has grown up in either like a, a lower class or middle class community and then through their talent, whether it's music, poetry, arts, etc., um, they get famous, they get popular, uh, they move up in the social class. And so there's this odd kind of unwritten thing where it's like, oh, I got promoted to being white. And so they start emulating their um, well-off uh, rich compatriots. And when I mean white, I don't mean like literally they're like bleaching their skin trying to be white. It's more of that sort of like college club where like their white uh, colleagues, you know, start saying casual racist things. So now they're adopting it. And it sort of also has this undercurrent of how a lot of Africans survive, which is, you know, up. You know, the famous stuff is we've rebelled in the past, but a lot of it is just trying to keep status quo, not being the tallest nail so that we don't get hit. So we often keep repeating toxic stuff that our quote unquote masters um, do um, just in order to kind of survive on. And it just has just been a mess. And I feel like that the bigger discussion about Kanye is that he, not to excuse him, this is all, well, to me, this is all his progress and thought, but he's yet another example of this sort of happening uh, where black people just, you know, they gain wealth and so they start emulating the contemporary. It's similar to how there are women who they climb up the social ladder and instead of allowing other women to climb up with them, they kick that ladder oh, away to that. hold it up. There's unfortunately, a like that's, un it's terrible and that's, I feel like that's kind of relation to that. And so it's just basically thoughts of like, was everyone's kind of thought of this phenomenon of like, like this sort of classism that feeds into the type of sexism and racism that we see from uh, minorities who become like well off and essentially just divorce themselves kind of from their community and become like the sort of anti-Semitic, anti racist, sexist stuff that you see from their contemporaries and their status quo who usually are happy to be cis white men. I mean, 
Okay, I'll take your I'll take your mic back. Wow. Simple question, no no. Yeah, wow, 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 wow. Thank um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I mean, hell of a evaluation. Let me tell you. And and to be honest, you know, I think this is a great conversation about mental health. We didn't really touch mm-hmm. on Kanye's mental health today in this panel. I agree that it is not an excuse um, for anti-Semitic comments, for racism, for bigotry, for misogyny. And I think that this the comments around Kanye. Oh, he needs to get medicated. Oh, he needs to be this. It's like that is not necessarily a cop out, but it's just a very sad, stigmatized understanding of where he is and what he's navigating. You know what I mean? Like it's not really fair to just put it all on mental health, and it's it's harmful to the people who actually are navigating bipolar, bipolar one, bipolar two, and all of that. So I just want you guys to have a little empathy when you're thinking about that, and not dismiss someone who is having mental health issues. Her, because all the girlies take mood stabilizers, okay? Which one do you take? Let me know, and we can talk about it later. All right, so um, what is the current state, um, and thank you for that. Um, what is the current state of pro-porn, pro-sex work political lobby? Well, <laughs> I can speak on uh, what I've seen from my perspective. Um, I've seen less of like the pro-sex, pro-porn, and that's, I think, look, we're at NSFW. We're going to have people who are pro-sex, pro-porn. So living in New York City, yeah, like it's every day we see it. Um, Unfortunately, the reality is that like we're really dealing with an attack on our bodily autonomy. Um, And, you know, when we talk about like this conversation even relates to Roe v. Wade, and the Dobbs decision, which took away women's rights or people's rights to, you know, end their own pregnancy. Um, so when we talk about that, like it, it all relates to porn. It all relates to sex in general and the way that we talk about it and treat it as a subject in the way that we stigmatize it. And ultimately stigmatization only leads to pushing survivors of abuse into silence. Um, and so it's it's hard because I, I think that as much as I want to be optimistic, like we're here, <laughs> like we should really appreciate the place that we're in. Um, yeah, we're, we're in a really tough spot right now in history. And Norma is the host of a pro-sex rally. Yeah, I hosted the pro-sex rally at NSFW, um, protecting the rights of the sexually explorative. So this can this can refer to people who are polyamorous who are dealing with like custody battles, but it it goes back to Roe v. Wade, as I said, and like the ability to just be yourself and like have relationships and have a sex life without being violated, without your consent being violated. It's it's all related. Um, so it's it's very nuanced. It's a it's a complex conversation. Um, I think that the victims' rights movement in general, like I worry about religious organizations overtaking, like for example, uh, the movement um, against like image-based sexual abuse. When we're talking about things like revenge porn. Now we call it image-based sexual abuse because it's not revenge and it's not porn because it's not consensual. Um, Period. You know, but I, I worry about 
religious organizations getting involved in co-opting the movement and making this into an anti-porn thing. So I think that that's something we really need to be aware of and careful of. All right, let's do like one more question. That's a really good one. Um, let's see here. I, I actually already decided, but I'm... All right, acting. Which one should we ask today? Um, so I want to get into this. Um, this is a question for um, Joanna. Um, thoughts on Pornhub last um, minute decision to unleash Kanye on the production, seemingly taking away autonomy. Um, would they do it now? How do you feel about Pornhub and how do you feel about, about that? Um, in, in this situation, I don't think um, Pornhub did anything wrong. Um, I think at that moment, if just about any uh, organization um, at all got a last minute phone call from Kanye, who at the time had a you know, pretty good uh, reputation, um, I think anyone would have been like, yeah, let's get Kanye involved. I mean, all the performers were excited about it. I mean, I guess some of the makeup artists were a little grumpy, but like, they're always getting grumpy anyway. Um, you know, like like scheduling wise, but like everyone was was very excited. Um, and look, uh, Pornhub is you know prides themselves on being like a like a mainstream uh, brand and a household name, and and being able to be associated with like a celebrity of that caliber just added this, you know, like a hipness to the award show. Um, however, what it, it leads to just kind of a greater um, issue, which uh, was kind of funny because I remember I just had this conversation with someone the other day. Um, there was this, I don't know, rapper, I guess, that was um, Young Gravy. Was it Drake? Oh, okay. Or it wasn't Drake. Out. I don't know. Anyway, um, she was going to take him as her date to the Avian Award show. Um, and at the last minute, she decided to ditch him because she realized he was a scumbag. I'm just, you know, uh, I, have, I don't have much experience with rappers. Um, they, they never really slid into my DMs. I got mostly like the metal guys and stuff. You know, really. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so so she left, um, you know, whatever. She, she ghosted him, ditched him for the awards. Um, she actually texted me and was like, you know, told me what happened while it was happening. And then she's like, and then I actually saw him right near me on the carpet. And she was like, is he still there at the awards? And I was like, oh yeah. I mean, I guess she was hoping after she kind of ditched him that he wouldn't be able to get into the awards. Now, a lot of performers like in porn had issues getting into the awards because they didn't get their ticket in time. They didn't RSVP in time. They didn't do this. And I'm not saying, you know, like they were very clear about the instructions and I understand there's hundreds of performers that need tickets and they have to cut it off at a certain point. But somehow this rapper was able to just like walk up to someone and get a ticket really easily. And, and I've seen this happen before um, and I know it happens. And, and I'm not blaming any of these institutions. Um, I think the bigger issue is that porn and porn stars, even though we have this giant following and celebrities always want to be around us or they always want to like slide into our dms or or whatever be as close to porn as they possibly can they never they never want to be like publicly associated with porn this happens time and time and time and again i've always seen it 
That is why when I got the job for Liquid Death, I was just so happy to be working with them because I told them, um, you know, sorry, this touched on a zillion topics. Oh, I told them when I first started working for them, like, hey, if I'm working in the marketing department, it's part of my job to work with influencers and celebrities and, you know, and I'm going to be giving product to people in the industry. I need you guys to repost or retweet them the same way you would handle any other celebrity. And they were like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't we? As long as the post was, is like within guidelines or you know, whatever, like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't we? And I was like, I don't know, why wouldn't we? But no one else does. I mean, yeah. I remember when Snoop Dogg did a whole bunch of stuff in the porn industry. I saw him, you know, he was at multiple events. Like, it was always like the porn industry being like, yay, Snoop Dogg's here, and Snoop Dogg never really mentioning it anywhere. And right. it's like, it has no problem talking about going to prison or whatever, but like, oh, porn, no, can't talk about it. I mean, I remember it happened with uh, uh, Post Malone did like a whole thing with, with Vixen. He was at the, the AVN booth. Every single girl at that booth was posting a photo with him. The owner of Vixen at the time, you know, Greg Lansky or the brand ambassador, whatever he was. Uh, he, he was like, big things coming from us and Post Malone. Like, everybody's like, you know, he's hanging out with the girls. I, I don't know if he had sex with any one of them, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, who knows? I, I really don't know. I, I didn't hear anything about that. I, other ones I've heard and not knew, but not, not one photo on his page at all with anything. I mean, he was there all weekend. You know, these, like, people live online. They post everything that they're doing. I mean, even, unfortunately, which kind of disappointed me, Cardi B, when she hosted the AVN Awards, she did not post one photo at all. Like she posted one photo in Vegas and she posts everything online, like every, everything. She has no filter. She posted one picture in her like, like, I don't know, in the casino or something like that. Just like in Vegas, like not in the end, you know? And like, it's just like, why does it have to be so shamed? for celebrities to be associated with porn stars. Why does Hollywood like, look so down on this? I mean, I know for a fact, like makeup artists that they can't use like their porn um, uh, work portfolio, portfolio yeah, yeah. for anything. They have to lie about it. They can't, you know, they can't go do both. And then because of that, that's why, because this it's so shamed and so like stigmatized, that's why when any opportunity comes along to work with a celebrity, like everyone in porn jumps at it because they're like, oh wow, like this is so exciting. Like, oh wow, like it's like the redheaded stepchild finally got something and it makes everyone yeah, just sort of the scramble to do anything to just be associated with them. And I I just it's so um it's infuriating. It's it's always made me mad. I mean, I remember years ago when I was in a music video for a band I really liked, and I was so excited to be in the music video and then and then when it came out, they were like oh, hey, like, we want you to post, you know, this, can you post this, can you post this? And I was like, yeah, like, are you guys going to repost it? And they're like, no, I'm sorry, like, we can't do that. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I'm, I'm it's that knee-jerk reaction video. sexuality. Yeah, and they didn't even list me in the credits. They listed me as just Joanna. Give me a name. They didn't, oh, it's fine. I'm pulling up. Like, they listed me as just Joanna. They didn't even call me Joanna Angel because they think they really just, like, were nervous that somebody would realize they were associated with a porn star. So they wanted me in the video and to get my fans to watch the music video, but on their end. But not to advertise. Yeah, they wanted my traffic and my following to go there, but they right. didn't want any, they didn't, they couldn't be associated with me and they didn't want to give me any, you know, it's just, this has gone on forever. The two-way promotion. No, no, and like, not even like, 
Yeah, it's like on their end, they're like, oh, I don't know, it's just some girl named Joanna, but they, it just, Joanna. but then they want me to promote it because they want, so it's like, there's just been a long time where it's like everyone wants to be around porn and they want porn's traffic or they want art, you know, whatever, but they don't want to like reciprocate it. So to bring it back to the economy point, I think Pornhub did the right thing by responding to that call. I mean, being, having a celebrity of that caliber, and he was like literally the number one rapper do you call yeah 2018 yeah i mean he was like the number one why well, do you call Kanye a rapper he's not really a rapper we'll just artist the number one like i don't know fucking musician what do you want to call it icon. yes i mean for, for him to be associated with the porn awards and every model was super excited about it um i don't think they did anything wrong and like i said the things that went on that day seemed pretty typical of the fashion industry um it wasn't any like thing that Kanye was doing to the porn industry in particular. And I want y'all to know, like something I want to know is that this is the work we're doing right here. Every single person in this room listening, engaging with us, this is how we fight the stigma against the porn industry and the sex work industry as a whole and the sex industry as a whole. And so I want you all to give yourself the claps, give yourself the snaps for supporting not only a black woman, but a black activists and, and the whole nine. So I just want you all to acknowledge that, take a moment to sip it all in. Okay. So as you all know, I love to like celebrate. That's yeah. one of my favorite things is to celebrate. Okay. So we're gonna lap it up and celebrate for a little bit longer. I wanna give another shout out to several people. One, NSFW. Woo! Thank you, everyone. I want to give a shout out to our amazing videographers, Judy and my amazing panelists, which we already said thank you to. And that's a wrap. Let's party. You've been listening to Thought Leader Podcast, hosted by me, SX Noir. Please be sure to rate, review, and share with a fellow thought leader. For more details about our guests and their work, check out our links in the description. For updates, sign up for the newsletter on my Substack and follow at sx.noir on social media. This episode's recorded by Pedro Martin and edited by Ider Armez. As always, be thoughtful.